this this morning. Uh, I've got here Bethany Kavanagh's Star Movers Dance Academy certificate. Is she here this morning? Are you going down there? Can I, can I give you that? She'll want that. She'll be devastated if she loses that. Excellent, everybody. It's good to see you. This is part five of the series uh, where we're looking at living strong. Uh, this week, in number five is unity. Uh, we're writing some values as part of church, trying to express what we are. And our unity value says this, Hope our church values those who carry the character of Jesus. We strive to be people of integrity, uh, who joyfully love the family tribe at Hope House. Our most important attribute is love, and our primary commitment and expression is for Hope House Church. So we're just trying to begin to express what we are, and that's what this strong series has been about. And this stuff matters to me. When, when, when my, I want to explain, because when my kids were born, I imagined having kids before they arrived. And then they arrived. And I've just got to say, it's not that kids are boring. They're just not very interesting. <laughs> like, they're just like bags that you fill at one end and empty at the other. And it's like, oh. It's not, you weren't a letdown, Megan. I was thrilled. No, you weren't either, Rob. (laughs) But your conversation was terrible when you arrived. And your ability to do anything when I took you out to kick a ball or ride a bike was dreadful. You just like laid there in nappies. It was really... But then they grew. They were born, they grew, and they began to toddle. But I've got to tell you, they were terrible at walking. They fell down all the time. I kind of wanted to send them back as like, they don't, they don't work. They can't walk. They just make noises at me. Megan just made these like screaming, hysterical noises at me. She stopped recently. <laughs> but <laughs> you knew that was coming, didn't you? But when time passed, they learned to walk properly. They learned to feed themselves. They learned to talk. They learned to have opinions, which we're still working on. And they... They learned and they became interested. I mean, they were really interesting when they were born. I loved them to bits. But let's be honest. Speaking as a fact, it's probably a fellow thing, this. I don't know. But, wow, it's a lot more interesting when you can actually have communicate and have a conversation and build Lego. That's so much more interesting. They were wonderful. But what I did see, even these tiny little things, they were full of potential. And we've, we've, we've got a brand new baby in our midst very soon that was like weeks early that is still full of potential, coming home soon. And it's so exciting. But I've just got to tell you, you love it to bits, but it's just a bag that you fill at one end and empty out at the other. But in time, everything is within this, this little thing. Anything is possible. Anything, the potential is enormous. But they are dull when they're born, so you have to make up your own entertainment. And here's some entertainment, because kids do this to you. You imagine that manly photograph as you're holding your little one, and then they do that to you. And they're dull. So you make up your own entertainment. Apparently the latest thing, <laughs> it's, it's going around on the internet, the latest thing, if you've got small babies, to see how many Cheerios you can balance on their heads. And you, you post it. So you've got a job in hand. How many Cheerios can you balance on your child's head? And preferably nose. I think the nose ones are very impressive. If only that had been real when my kids were small. There'd be so many pictures of you two. In fact, if you lay really still this afternoon... <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we can do it. But there are other things you can do. You can put sticky tape on the faces. 
This we have done. And there are probably photographs out there. You can, you can take marker pen to them. <laughs> I particularly like the marker pen one. I so want to do that one. I want to do that one to me, if I'm really honest. Ah, oh, there you go. Um, you can take them out. <laughs> Being a dad is not always everything it's cracked up to be when they do things like that to you. That's not Megan and me. You're all right. It's Robert and me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> what I want to say to you with that image up there, being a dad is not always fun, but it's always wonderful. And I think God looks at his people, looks at his church and says, wow, this is not always fun, but it is always wonderful. Because he loves his people. He loves people. He loves the church. And that's where I want to look at this morning, the nature of what we are. You see, I, I look at what we were, just like a child. There was something, there was a church called Barnes of Christian Fellowship that was an amazing place. And in a sense, everything changed. And it, I, I, follow the analogy. We kind of planted that. We invested it like seed. And somewhere in a gestation period, this thing called Hope House Church was born. And it was kind of conceived in 2009 when we all officially did the legal stuff and all of that. And then we relocated to this building and, and it kind of came alive and began to do something. But here's the thing, it's still brand new. There is this thing that, that the, it's church, at any church is like a child learning to walk, learning to talk, learning to be all that it's called to be. And it often falls down. It often gets it wrong. Sometimes it succeeds, sometimes it hurts itself, sometimes it accidentally falls over and hurts dad or mom. It gets things wrong. But it has potential. Something remarkable is happening and God loves it. And the amazing thing is, just like real human children, God's spiritual children are growing up to be like him, to be like Christ. And that is a remarkable journey. So there's little wonder that when my kids were born, they fell over and hurt themselves and wet down my back and all these kinds of things. We're growing up to be like Christ. We're going to have the same journey. We're going to have the same battles. We're going to make the same mistakes. But we can, we can love this church. When we only look at the now situation, if I only looked at the now child, the now baby, I'd be thinking, don't do much. If I only look at the now situation of church and decide if it's for me or not, then we've begun to judge and we consume something. But here's what's important. Here's what's important. I think I probably missed one out, but not to worry. I'll go back. I'll come back to that later. I'm going to read this out. We connect to the now version so that we can commit to the will-be vision and become a producer in our church. So I committed myself to my children because I could see what they were going to be. I could see them growing and becoming adults. I didn't look at them and say, they're disappointed. Neither of them had been born with a degree. Neither they were born and neither of them had a job. Neither of them were born and with an ability to walk. But I could see within them all that they could be. And so you commit to parenting. You commit to the journey. And that's what church is all about. And this morning I want us to get all of the importance of this is our church. And we can commit to what it can be. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse um, 15, if you want to turn to it in your Bible, that's fine. It's not coming up there today. I'm going to make you work a little bit. So if you've got your Bibles with you, or you want to turn your phones on and pretend you're on your Bible while you're checking out Facebook, uh, just let you know we do have a system so we know what you've checked out and what websites you've used during the service. 
Um, no, it's, it doesn't give us a specific, it, it, but it lets us hone down. So we know if you've been on Ikea, which is regular. We know if you've checked your uh, eBay, because people usually buy and sell on a Sunday morning. We know. So turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. It says this, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every aspect, respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Do you understand how massive that is? That is, we will grow in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That is massive. That is so, so big. We don't just grow up over time. You know, the Lord's vision for us is not to be like a rough version of it, like a kind of nearly bit, but in time we grow up to be everything, in every respect, all that Christ is, his body. That is huge. And when you look at us in our early stages, you imagine, how can that ever be? All the baggage, all the issues, all the questions, all the stuff, all the history, all the inability, all the challenges, and yet God's vision for us is to grow up every ligament, every part of us, every one of us, no bit left out, in every respect, to have the full maturity of Christ. That is huge. That is the Lord's vision for this place, for this part of his body. That is his vision. That's why I love the church. That's the degree to which Jesus loves his people. Um, And he will build his church. Unity was the heart of the final prayer Jesus made over his church. Unity as its foundation in Jesus' vision. So unity is central to who we are as a people. Only through the love we have that can be seen through our unity will people know that we're his disciples. That's how people know. Unity is essential for our health, for the health of our mission. If we're able to reach out and see people saved, and we're able to take the good news of Jesus into our community, our unity for our community is, is essential. Unity changes our perception of belonging. So when people walk through a door, they know they will, they will spot division. There will no unity, there will, there will no division. But we get to share with them unity in every way that we can, and we grow in that maturity and that unity. We want to help people to engage with that and know that I can belong here. We may be, we may like to be associated with the good stuff, but it's belonging that carries us through the hard stuff. Yeah, church is great. We want to be associated with it when it's great. But when it's a bit tougher, belonging and unity carries us through that tough stuff. So for some people, you know, Paul stands up here and says, we're going to fill a skip in the pouring rain. Oh, hallelujah. Where's that in the scripture, Paul? Where is that in the Bible? Nowhere is that in the Bible. So I'm, 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 ooh. And yet, why do we do that? Why did a whole bunch of us... A week ago, in the pouring, unbelievable levels of rain, filled this great skip and went on knees in water downstairs and, well, well, things that I don't even want to discuss we did down there in that cellar that we picked up and carried out and up in the top. But you know what? Why? Because those people there could see something. Yeah. They had a vision for what can be. Yeah. And that was just a building. That was just a physical building. What about if you have a vision for his people as well? This is just a container for his building. This is a place we gather people to prepare them to build them up and send them out. So this is just a box. What a 
about a unity and a vision for its people. Belonging is a choice. Unity is a choice that we make. Simply building attractive church is not our mission. We want to build unity. We want to grow up into being like Christ. We don't just want to be attractive with nice lights and smoke. We just want to be a people that are genuinely family. Some people walk through that door, they can say, wow, this is a family I want to belong to. When we share that good news, we share it out of a sense of belonging and purpose and family, so it's infectious. So when we talk about church outside with our work colleagues and our neighbours, what they're saying is, this guy loves What is this church thing that he goes to? Church is meant to be like Vicar of Dibley and Dull. How come he's so passionate? What is it that's going off that I need to know about this? It should be infectious like that. That's what unity brings. Authentic church and discipleship have always been about dying to self and having a vision for what can be. Not just for what is right now. If we don't look at what is right now, we'll only ever be disappointed. But if we look at what is and know where God is taking it. So we look at our kids' work. And what are our kids? Well, they're just kids' work. Let's get them out there and shove them in a room and keep them busy while we have a nice sermon and a spiritual holy time. No, that's our investment in our children's work. Because quite literally, when you look at the stage this morning, most of the people on that stage were part of the kids' work. They were in crash. And now they're leading us into the presence of the Lord. Some of them were, are now church leaders. Some of them carry all sorts of responsibility around this place. And once they were in crash, how much more can we say when we look at our kids and say there is potential as they grow up to be like Christ? Our youth work, okay, we're not going to massive youth work right now, but we've got some youth, and outside of this building is a whole pile of youth that are not connected with Christ at all. You know what? I can look at now, in our situation and say, oh, that's a bit disappointing. I can say, yeah, but when God breaks out in this town, we need a home for our young people to feel loved and wanted, for them to grow into. So our youth will grow. For our music group, I think our music group are great, aren't they? But I want, a, I want a brass section. Is that all right? I, I kind of want a brass section. Yeah, ben, so, so one of our kids is learning to play. I kind of have this kind of, I've, I've still got that 1940s brass swing band thing going off. I have no idea where that came from. I'm way too young for it. But I just kind of like, I just imagine it down this side. Oh, how cool would that be? I also want kettle drums. Because I've always wanted to play kettle drums. I think, guys, I think you're amazing. I just want a kettle drum at the back. I just want to go, I want to go that boom, boom. What, just, Guys, you're amazing. But you're only scratching the surface of what God can do. You're only scratching the surface of what God can do. Our small groups are fantastic. We need more of them. And we want to see the prophetic and, and the, 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 the gift of the Holy Spirit being released and unwound in our small groups. We, we really believe that can happen. Our preaching, of course, is exceptional. But the reality is it's just a bunch of guys and women that are just doing their best to understand Scripture. We want to grow in that. We, we want to be more like Christ so the words that we share are engaging the way that Christ was engaging. They're informative and teaching and loving and life-transforming in the way that Christ's words were. Uh, coffee. We do great coffee. Um, when I can walk to back and get a perfectly made Cortado, then I'll know we're doing it. Okay? The day's coming. Host team. If you're here part of the host team... The challenge is on. I'd love a Cortado next week on Sunday morning, okay? Oh, no, I'm not here next Sunday morning. Sunday after. You've got two weeks' notice. Um, we don't decide it's good enough for me. We see that this is a thing in making. This is a moment in time, and God has a vision for it. He will build his church. And so we invest and commit to the potential 
the vision. That's what we're about. Hope House is about giving more than it's about getting. Hope House seeks to be a more selfless church that will have a real life that creates curiosity and interest from unchurched people. We want to create curiosity so people engage with it. We don't want to put on a show. We want to put on authentic and be authentic so that people can, out of genuine curiosity, can say, why do they all belong? Why is there unity? What is happening there? We want to be part of it. We want to know. We don't try to be slick. We try to be honest. Unity creates a story, becomes a vision in a world of division right now because our world is massively divided. But we can be united. We can have a shared vision. People are longing for an alternative to life as they know it. The church should be that alternative. Uh, and here's that verse I put up earlier. No, it's not. It's a different one, but I'll leave this one out. We commit, to, I've got my slides all wrong. We commit to a coming vision, not a current version of church. We can connect to the now version so that we can commit to the will-be vision and become a producer. That's what we connect to. We look at the church now, but my commitment is to what it will be. Yeah. My connection and love is right now. But my commitment is what it will be, which is why we fill skips in the rain. So the next slide probably is, oh, this is that one. Unity isn't emerging of our various cultures, but the growing commitment to a Christ culture, an identity that we share, that's our vision. So we're not trying to cobble something together and rub along together. We're all trying to be like Christ. We're all encouraging ourselves to become like Christ. So, Because Christ is the ultimate outworking of all culture, of all vision, of all shape, of all unity. So whatever nationality, whatever background, whatever history you may carry, it is ultimately will only find its completion in Christ. And so that's our vision. Unity isn't emerging of various styles. Various cultures, but the growing commitment to a Christ culture, an identity that we share. Jesus tells us that where our treasure is, there our heart is also. So our treasure needs to be within the church, to love the church. This truth has powerful implications, and so we can invest in it. While we're part of the church, it's important that people have a vision and passion for the local expression of church family. This is where God put us. It's not just the big church, but we need to belong somewhere. And for me, I believe God's called us to, to belong here. This is, this is home. This is where we are. Belonging to Hope House will, will be seen through hearts aligned with our mission and vision as our primary investment. See, I don't know when people want to come along here and be entertained and have a nice time, and that is fine. You're really welcome. But some of us really can see, and we have a heart for what God could do. Why? Because we know that the Lord loves this town. And to reach this town, he's, he's requested his people, he's commissioned them and said, go into all the world, and that includes this town. That includes the neighborhood where you live. And we want to build people up and equip them and enable them to take the good news of Jesus Christ into the place that they live. And that's why we're passionate about local church. So commitment can involve finance, but this isn't money I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about who we are, the giving of who we are. The more people give their time and resources, the more they care about the overall health of the church because where our treasure is, there our heart is. The beauty of our house is that we're people. We're primarily people, not a building. You know, this place is not geared to impress people with, with stained glass windows or anything like that. It is just a box, and it is literally just a box. But what could God do with the people in here? What life transformation could it bring? But we can commit to this. And what I've discovered as is, uh, is I work through this is that people either pass comment about issues of church or they connect to the life and vision of the church. 
And people often come through and they pass comment about things that are happening and things that we should be doing and things that could be better. But what I get excited about is when people come in and they catch the heart. They catch the heart. So they see the child and know what the adult it can be. They see the, the embryonic church, see what we're beginning to be and where we're beginning to grow. And they see that with God, filled with the Holy Spirit, this thing can begin to resemble Christ. This thing can, be, can begin to lift up the name of Jesus in this town. This thing called Hope House Church can do something remarkable. And the special thing is that is true of every representation of Christ's body around this town. Whether it's Emmanuel or St. George's or Gateway or St. Peter's, if there are people there with a the heart for the Lord, then they carry everything that is needed ultimately to lift up the name of Jesus. And that excites me. It's been my experience that the ones who take it often don't, the ones who talk church often don't carry it. That's because we can't muster something up within us. We have to live it. We have to choose to immerse ourselves into it. You know, we're baptised in water. We're fully immersed in, in water as baptism. And we immerse ourselves into Christ. We, we, we align ourselves with, with Christ completely in death and resurrection. And there's something about that. We, we immerse ourselves so completely. Church, that's what it is to live strong. That's what unity is all about. This investment naturally creates a sense of pride and ownership of belonging. This is what God is doing. They want to invite others to experience what they're holding on to. They want to invite other people to know the goodness of God in their lives. That's why unity matters, because without unity, how can we reach out with the good news of Jesus? This is why I get properly grumpy when people say, I love the Lord, but not his church. God loves his church. Gave everything for her. Adores it. He's building it. That's like saying, I love you, Jesus, but you're really bad at what you do. He's building his church. And so I've got to love his church. He loves it. Jesus says, I will build my church. And we are his fellow workers as much as his family. We are, we are his co-workers. And so our job is to build church, is to build it up. It's what we're made for, to build up the church. Every ligament and joint in turn. Everything else is counterculture. Are you getting my heart on this this morning? This is one of my rarely intense sermons. I know you used to like the the kind of semi-comedy routine. This is my intense version this week. Is that all right? Are you with me? Okay, those three of you that are with me, the rest of you who just look to the person on the other side, just just gently shake them awake. Everybody looked at one person then in the room. I'm really sorry. Everybody glanced around and their eye all fell on one person. Just nudged them. Uh, Acts chapter 2 verse 14 says this, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. So this is not happening in the corner pin or channels, okay? No, this is what we, was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And jump into Acts 2, verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord God will call. So that's for us. That is for us. 
And, I, you know, what the church is is not some nice social organisation doing nice things in the community. We are fundamentally at heart. We're about being united around the commission and call of Jesus Christ. That is who we are. So we may do good things and love our community. We may serve in the community. But our unity is in Christ. Without Jesus, strip that out and there is nothing left. I love that when these people shout out to Peter, brothers, what shall we do? The word brothers there, Adelphos, it literally means, it's like shouting out to them, we're from the same womb, we've got the same history, we're the same kind of people. This world made us, is what they're saying, the, 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 the kind of original text, I'm making Greek text, it will be like saying, hey, you're like us, this world made us, what must we do? We share this broken identity. We share this mess up. Hey, we've seen you. We know that you've been messed up. What must we do? See, there is unity in our disconnection from God. We all shared that. That is what we are. But then repent. He says repent, metanoha. Not just 180 degrees turn around, but literally think differently. Have your mind renewed, remade. You're not just the same person walking in a different direction. You are renewed. You are brand new. You are a new creation. I can't, every time I say you are a new creation, my mind goes back to the 1980s, and I want to sing this song about being a new creation that you can only sing when you have this funny kind of charismatic... All churches went like that in the 1980s. Do you remember? Wow, when I first walked through the door and saw like 100 people all going like that, I wonder... What? It freaked me out. I loved it all at the same time. And well, I'm still here anyway. Um, we do the twist now in this church when we're dancing, by the way, just, just so you know. Unity is within us. We are united in our separation, or we're united in our union with Christ, in our salvation. So we're united in separation, or we're united in salvation. So I'm going to explore what unity means just for a few moments before I bring this down. I just wanted to lay before you how important it is that we speak well of the church, that we are united in this thing, that we are committed to the vision, that we're able to say, we are church. This is not just a hobby. This is not just a pastime. This is not just something we do. This is not just killing time till I find something better. This is about saying, I can see that the Lord can do something here and he's doing something here, and I will be part of that. Because the day will be when I say, I was there. Because that's a strange human trait, isn't it? I look forward to one day being able to say, I was part of that. I belong there. When the law breaks out and, and people like you and me are lost in history, and this, this town is transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ, and you know, not just socially is it fixed, not just emotionally or morally is it fixed, and, but spiritually for eternity Christ has stepped in and transformed what it is when we begin to genuinely say his kingdom come and begin to see it more really in our town I will be happily one of the great crowd of witnesses that says hey I was part of that I'm going to give you a marathon analogy is that alright I know it's like every week it's better than football Um, it's better than rugby this week anyway I am never going to win a marathon. I am never going to win a marathon. But I get to take part. And because I take part, for the people that win it, 
they got to take part in a massive race and win it. If I didn't take part, and others like me didn't take part, they'd just be out jogging on a Sunday morning by themselves. And what's that about? People like you and me matter. You matter. In the great scheme of God's call, without you, there is no race. Without you, there is no team. Without you, there is no church. So your apparent insignificance, no. Without you, none of it exists. You are critically important to the Lord. And that's why church matters. That's why you belong here. And that matters. We can lose everything when we ask what if with a fearful heart. But we gain everything when we say what if with a believing heart. What if God in this town? See, if we ask what if negatively, it refuses God's opportunity. If we ask what if God, then it releases opportunity. Committees in churches want to do things and ask what if things go wrong. Unity and leadership and vision ask what if everything goes right? What if God breaks in? And I want to be part of a church that doesn't have a committee leadership that kills vision, but a unity that inspires vision. That's what we're about. Um, I want, I, I'm not even going to name anything in politics right now, but the division is scary. All the opinions are scary, but I want to be part of something that says we can. The part of something that says the Lord can do this. And so I'm a citizen first, before anything else, of the kingdom. I belong to the Lord. So, unity or house is not about consensus to do, but the courage to be. The courage to be. I want to have the courage to be church. In Acts chapter 2, we're going to see that this new church came together in a remarkable way. This vast and chaotic group of people suddenly found their homes open to one another. Suddenly found the Lord moving, miraculous things happening amongst them, provision being made between them. Suddenly discovered that all the people, although they were frightened of this new group of people, couldn't help themselves. They wanted to join out of curiosity. They wanted to belong to this new church. It was scary. It actually says people were afraid of them, and yet daily they grew. There was something about this unity that drew people in. I want to be part of that church. That's what I want to get hold of. This vast and chaotic group of people with Christ at the centre can transform communities. So here are three quick points to, 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 to land this with and finish this off, and then the band can come back in a few minutes. Number one, being a united church is a value that we have, not a project that we've got. The vision for this wasn't being managed by the, the, by the pastor. We're not sort of saying, oh, this is a project we've got, and we're going to tick these boxes. You know, that's not what the church is about. The church is about a vision and pulling that together. I want to be that church. Not the church that says it's unfair, but the church that says Jesus can do this amongst us. I want a church that by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. We can be that church. Central to unity, central to our vision, is a truth that church has within it all the resources it needs to look like Christ, to reach into our community through the gift of the Holy Spirit. That, and it says in Scripture, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So church, we've got to be more than just style. We've got to be more than just nice. There needs to be the presence of the Holy Spirit amongst us. Individual people need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because that is our source for life. That is, that is the gifting that we carry. Without that, we're just hard-working people. But we want to be spirit-filled people. I'm not interested in shaming us about getting it wrong, but inspiring us 
into the potential that God has for us. Because I, you know, I, I really do believe that I've run out of slides and I've not put them all in. Um, within every spirit-filled believer, oh, good one, good cover. Within every spirit-filled believer, there lives the potential for a united church with a vision to reach out and create a movement. Within every one of you, Christ resides through his Holy Spirit. So within each one of you, it's like that DNA, the human DNA. Everything is held in that DNA. Everything is held in his Holy Spirit DNA within you. Everything for movement of church, for salvation, is held within you. You matter. Believe that every individual has a potential, just like a seed planted in the ground that can become an incredible tree. Everything is contained in that tiny little speck. And you contain everything to be church, to be a moment of God. People, you, you know, all the mess and the baggage. You know, what, what do you see when you look at yourself? Inevitably, you see what's on. You know, when you get up in the morning, you look in the, in the mirror. Very few people, unless they've got some issue of, like, narcissism, they walk to the, the mirror and they go, <laughs> and I promise you, if you're young enough not to do that now, the day will come when you walk to the mirror and you go, <laughs> and, and no amount of liquids rubbed onto your face will change that. I promise you, it doesn't matter how much you spend. The, the, the reality is the mirror never lies. But I can't just say, never put a strip light above your mirror. That just makes it even worse. But you contain, for all your baggage, for all your history, for all your mistakes, for all the things that you wish, for all the things you wish you had not done, for all the things that you have done, still within you as a Christian, you contain all that is required to release church and to release life and to release movement and the good news of Jesus Christ. You contain that. You contain all that is required to transform this community. It's ecclesia in every one of us. Every one of us. And our town needs that type of people to rise up. See, unity is a massive shift in the way we see ourselves as God's people. Moving from committees to courage. From projects to purpose. That is what we've got to be. We've got to live strong. The second thing I want to say to you is unity awakens people to the mission of God in us. We don't have a project or a project date. We don't have a, any of that stuff. A skip is a project and a project date. But we're a church on a mission. And so there isn't a timetable for that. We're just, we're just on it. It's always the right season to share the good news of Jesus Christ. It just is. You know, with your friends, with your family, with your colleagues... With the people you meet, with the people in Costa when I go down there later, when I call it a supermarket, not on a Sunday because that's not godly. We don't have the television on on Sunday now, I'll see the Dewey Joe because it's not spiritual. Don't do any work on Sundays. Don't enjoy ourselves on Sundays. Um, the people we have contact with, we can be good news of Jesus Christ. That's not a committee, that's a family going out. That's not a project. That's not an initiative. That's not a ticks box exercise. That doesn't have method and, and outcomes. This is just God's people living. And that's what we are. God's people living out, learning to be Christ. This is children of God learning to walk, growing up into Christ, and to wield everything that he is. As part of who we are, and that's going to be a long, long journey. At its heart, this gospel news about God's action and reign, his kingdom and his church, is what we hold. Unity awakens something in us by reminding us that this mission is about alerting others to the reign of Jesus. We've discovered the reign of Jesus in our lives. 
And we need to be reminded through this thing that he's building and gathering, the, the differences and the, the histories and the cultures, that, that, that's our reminder that God is building something here. So you've got a choice here. You look around this room and you see difference and division. Or you look around this room and you see growing unity and bringing together and coming together. And that tells me that only Jesus can do that for eternity. And so that's what we're a part of. That's what we're apprenticed to. That's what we're becoming. And the third thing is, and final thing is, Hope House is not an audience to entertain you, but it's a visionary united community that we're building because that's what Christ is building. And that's what we're about. That's who we are. We only discover our gifts and calling in relationship with others. Um, have you ever tried entertaining nobody else but yourself? It's really dull. There's nothing better than a crowd of people. Have you ever noticed? I, I love going into a cafe. And in, in the cafe, there'll be a crowd of people. And they're all talking and laughing and being loud. I love when my family get together. When my, um, Megan commented this, that my sister came down the other day. Just my sisters. There's just like three or four of us together. And we were so loud. We just do loud when we get together. Because we enjoy being together. And it is just monumentally loud. So by the time that she's gone and everybody's gone home, we're just exhausted and wiped out. And just kind of want, wow. We're just a loud family. Christmas Day is insane. That's what church should be. We should be a loud family. Where there's a buzz when we come together. And of course we're different. If you've ever met my sister, sorry, I can say that she won't listen to this podcast, she's not Christian. Wow, she's different. But when the family gets together, it is so special. So what happens when the eternal family gets together? The Christ family. That needs to be a loud place. That needs to be an exciting place. That needs to be a place of acceptance, of love, of encouragement, of building up, of standing with, of stirring, of understanding, of forgiveness, of bearing with one another. Because that's unity. That's why Hope House can be a little bit messy around the edges. Did you know that? There are times in Hope House Church you're messy around the edges. Periodically, some of us don't agree with other people. But you know what? Why do we come back together? Because of Christ. Because of Christ. Because he's building this thing. It's not about entertaining me. It's not about ticking my boxes. It's not about how do we do this week in the service. This is not like an easy jet flight survey. This is something that the Lord is building. I'm not going to say, God, you're messing this up. I fell out with Brian. Why is Brian even in the church, Lord? He can't make coffee. doesn't even drink coffee. The Lord is building this. He's brought people together. Bear with them. Love them. You know that person sat on the other side of the room that you always avoid? What if the Lord brought them here? I've got news for you. He categorically did. You better start to learn to love them. And I know that's not always easy. But we are called purpose. Let's have the band back. I wanted to throw this out in a quite serious way this morning um, because I really did want us to get hold of the importance of what unity is. This unity word is banded about so easily but it isn't a project. It's actually part of our identity. It is one of our values. It's something that we've got to learn to hold. And so as we talk unity, what I want us to do this morning is to close in a time of, of of worship, just a closing song. But I want you to consider the elements of church life that you're involved with. You know, it may be kids' work, uh, maybe youth work, it may be small groups, it may be host teams. There's a thousand and one things you could be involved in. Maybe that you are, you're sat there thinking, but I just turn up. I just sit in a, a row. You know what? Without you sitting in that row, there is no church. 
Your very presence matters. Your encouragement after a meeting, your conversation after a meeting is one of the most profound gifts that happens in this place. It's called encouragement. It's called standing together. It's called unity. And so we look at this thing called church and we either pass comment on it and we explain why it could be better or we commit to it and it's life and we understand that it's on a journey. Because I'm going to have to use your baby again. You know, it's weeks early. It can't even suck properly. It's just like, so you either say, bit of a letdown, or you commit to it. Because you know, like your other child, it will have energy and will chase around and will have that huge grin and will grow and will be passionate and will want to dress up with a dragon coat on like Big Brother. And all this, because you, you know, that it, this child contains everything it needs. It just needs loving and nurturing. That is the church. It just needs loving and nurturing. We're not going to start wearing dragon coats, by the way, as a church. Though if you want one, I'm sure we can arrange it. But instead of spotting why this church can't do the things it can't do, look at it and know that one day it will run and it will smile and it will play and it, it, it will be, God is not finished yet and that's why unity matters, that's how we live strong when we, co- we are connected relationally and love what it is now because we are committed to the vision of what God is building and that excites me where the Lord is taking us so I'm going to pray the band are going to lead us in worship And here's what I want us to do to respond this morning because it matters how we're responding here because how we're responding here is how we will live on Monday morning. It will impact the conversations we have on Monday morning when we're back in the real world. So what I want you to do is not to just stand up and just sing automatically. I'm actually going to ask you not to come to the front this morning but to listen to the words of worship and in the next few seconds for some of you, in the next few minutes for others, to say, you know what, I get that God is building his church and I want to be part of that vision. I want to be part of that. And so right now, I want to connect to and love what it is now, this version that it is now. I connect to it, I love it, but I'm committed to the vision. And I know it will fall down sometimes and I know it will scrape its knees and I know it will get it wrong. But ultimately, because Christ is building his church, it will get it right and it will grow up every joint every ligament in this place even the ones that aren't here yet the empty seats the people that don't even know Jesus is yet out there who are going to be part of this and belong to this place that we call church I get that it will grow up into in every respect the maturity that is Christ that's God's vision for us if that's your vision this morning, if you find that, if you're saying, Lord, that's what I want to see, then I'm going to ask you, I'm going to invite you to stand and to join us in worship. If it's just your dream, if you're just standing and saying, Lord, I want that, even when I can't see it, I want to feel that way, then I encourage you to join us in worship this morning, to stand with us. So, Lord, we pray that you pour your Holy Spirit out on this place. We pray that you give us a deep love for your people, not just in this building, but beyond it. A love for your church, but a love for this expression that we call Hope House Church. Lord, so that out of learning to love here, learning to commit here, learning to belong here, learning to 
to be a united people here. We can learn to carry good news out into our community. We can be unity carriers. We can be love-carrying people. We can be committed-carrying people. But more than anything else, we can be the good news of Jesus Christ-carrying people that brings not just a temporary change, but an internal transformation. And so, Lord, would you pour out your Spirit on us again? Would you give us a heart to receive and to respond to get hold of all that you have for us. And Lord, when we fall, would you give us the enthusiasm of children that jump back up again and carry on running, carry on moving, that are determined to learn, determined to grow, determined to walk and to run and to chase. Lord, we want to look like you. And so we pray that you will build your church. And we pray, Lord, that we will be co-workers, we will build with you because we want to see the name of Jesus Christ lifted up in this town and this name hope over this building we don't want to see it just as a name we want to see it as a truth as a prophetic word as a declaration for our town so that when people see Barnsley they see the Lord and when people say what good can come out of that place we'll know that you can we'll know that you transform so Lord would you bless us give us a vision Give us a vision for unity. Give us a vision for maturing into all that you want us to be. And give us a passion and commitment to connect with that, to hold it, to run with it. And for that to be our identity. Not just something we say, but something we are. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship as we close. And if you want to, as you're ready.